0: Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a favorite movie of mine out now called Vox Locks, which stars my guest Natalie Portman as sort of a hip-swinging, swaggering, really handful of a rock star. So just like you, right now, yes, they finally found you, and they said,
1: "My true self."
0: This is, this is <laughs>
1: my vulgar, extreme self. <laughs> well, I've seen
0: you do many things, you know. I've seen you be complete psycho meltdown ballerina yes. in uh, Black Swan, and I've seen you play different. But I've never seen you like this. Thank you. So, what was the attraction of this? Because you've never done anything quite like it.
1: Yes that was definitely a big attraction that it was just this role that was so specifically written and had this kind of extreme character um, but very true character I thought in it Um, but also in the middle of a film that I felt was very relevant to the moment we're living in without being about like directly about uh, what's going on right now but has this mix of pop culture and violence and the news cycle, and just this very kind of tragically absurd moment that uh, we live in.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, it's that. But maybe we should start for those people who don't know who your character is at yes. Celeste, because there's so many things involved in this about mm-hmm. how... You don't come in until later in the movie? That right. Raffi Cassidy plays your character first?
1: Raffi Cassidy is this wonderful young actress who plays um, Celeste for the first half of the film when the um, it's sort of the birth of the pop star out of this sort of tragic event that happens. And she writes a song in response to it that makes her this kind of star. And then the second part of the film is where I come in and I play Celeste um, once she's already been established as a, as a pop star and had her, like, lows and then is coming back and she's having this big um, kind of comeback tour performance in her hometown. And, um, and she's, you can kind of see how she's been ravaged by, by fame and, and, and what it's like to be performing all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, and you, you do perform in this. Uh, Sia did songs? Yes. So none of this. You just said, bring it on. I don't, this is easy.
1: Well, I always think that some, it certainly wasn't easy. And, um, but all of these kinds of challenges always take a certain degree of of ignorance to take on. And then Mm -hmm. you, you kind of don't know how hard it's going to (laughs) be. Willful ignorance. And you're like, sure. oh, sure, <laughs> I can try that. And then you get there and you're like, oh, wow, this is really, really a lot harder than I, I ever imagined. But it was really, really lucky to get to sing songs written by Sia and work with her music producer, Chris Braid. And um, I worked with my husband again. He choreographed, he choreographed the, the uh, end performance. So that was, it was, it was and, and with the most incredible dancers. So it was really um, a very lucky
0: experience. I just loved her when she just goes to... <laughs> this diner, or whatever dump it was that she was in having this talk, and just looking and being aware of everything that's around her.
1: Yes, well, well, I think that's part of what's different about being a pop star than an actress, for example, is that your persona as a pop star is an extension of yourself. It's, it's, a, it's, it's you that you're putting out mm-hmm. there. Um, and so you kind of have to be that persona all the time, uh, whereas as an actor, the whole thing is that we're supposed to be completely different than the characters we play and that's what's impressive or you know is is if we can really transform so um you know to constantly be performing this persona is you can only imagine is is really um complicated and uh yeah she has this extreme hair and makeup and clothing and it's it's all kind of this armor that she has um to, to kind of show people what she wants to show them, which is she's tough and they mm-hmm. can't hurt her. Like, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, she can't be hurt. Except course, the
0: alcohol, the drugs, and everything else seem to indicate that's not true.
1: Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Well, the, yeah, the more, the more toughness people show, usually the more,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the more wounded they, they are.
0: The question of violence that you brought up before, it's so key to it because the movie does begin with a school shooting. I won't say anything more about it, but it's the time of Columbine. It's mm-hmm. uh, We grow up. This is what this country is. Mm-hmm. Um, violence is a part of our life. But in terms of the rock star fame, the question becomes, and this movie asks it very provocatively, what's the question? what's the connection between people who become musical rock stars and other people being influenced by what they're singing or doing?
1: Well, I think that th- there's one line in the movie to me that gives me insight into that connection, which is um, one of the journalists asks her, "What do you see as the connection between a terrorist and a pop star?" Mm-hmm. And she says, "Well, I don't really see any connection, except that if you stop paying attention to us, we would cease to exist." And it shows that like the the attention gives the power, and that the news cycle is going so fast now and they're putting pop culture on the same level as news events, whether it's violence or political changes, um, that's being given the same weight. They'll talk about a celebrity breakup and then say there was this, you know, violent attack and it's kind of in the same breath. And also it happens so fast that the meaning of everything seems to um, dis- dissolve almost like it happens and then it's gone, and um, and and so I think it, it's really just a r- very accurate kind of a reflection of what we're living in, and also uh, what Brady, the director, talks about a lot is that um, it's like the pageantry of evil that now evil is a spectacle, and you know the way to make headlines is by doing something shocking and extreme and mm-hmm. and and. and um, and you know pop stars know that that they can be they they just need to be extreme or in in their speech or in their behavior and they can get press and um, and also perpetrators of of violence know that that it's theater
0: well they do and in the movie we basically see what happens to Celeste when somebody in again don't want to give away too much but uses a mask that she wore in one of her videos Mm -hmm. during a a terrorist act. And suddenly she, they're saying, what's the connection? (laughs) When there can't be any connection, except we keep wondering what the connection is. Why do people relate to celebrity or fame in such a way that can become violent?
1: Right. And I think it also asks, like, what is the price of, of, um, of, Fame and what are the what's the kind of like deal with the the devil of of, of being successful mm-hmm. and having that kind of um, popularity.
0: So you made that deal with the devil, didn't you? know. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I, no. I, 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 I luckily. Um, if yeah, I win have this Oscar
0: for Black Swan, <laughs> I'll do what you say. You know, oh, boy, this yeah. is what happens. Well, yeah. you grew up in this business. You mm-hmm. started pretty young doing this. When you did the professional, you were how old?
1: I was 11. I turned 12 while we were filming. <clears throat>
0: yeah. Yes. So, again, what does that do? You seem, and maybe I'm just insulting you by saying <laughs> it, relatively normal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, given um, Yeah. This I,
1: I, yeah. Uh, no, I, I take that as a compliment. Um, yeah, I, I think I was very lucky to um, have my family and my friends that were not part of my... Um, work world. And that was very lucky because I didn't have, I'd never had the pressure that I had to, you know, uh, work uh, to support my family or anything like that, which was very, very lucky. So it always felt like whenever I felt like it was too much or that I I couldn't handle it, I could step back. And, you know, it wasn't, um, it was just a question of whether I liked it or not as a kid.
0: Did you? I mean, were there parts of it, en- enough of it? Because I'm assuming you would like the actual work.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of the time. I think most of the time I really liked what I was doing. Um, sometimes I liked it less, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then sometimes I just needed, I was like in a growth part of my life that I needed to be more with friends or at school or just taking time off and like reading and learning and having life experience, um, you know, there were times that I needed to step back for those reasons.
0: Well, you did walk away from it. You walked away from it to go to school, right? So Yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to do this part of it anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was great to get to sort of have both sides
0: did your friends look at you like well look at her you know she's. it
1: was it was definitely different <laughs> from what yeah. other kids were doing but it also felt like I did have relatively normal you know like I was still go- I went to public school and all my friends did completely different things and when I went to college you know my friends that I'm still are, are my closest friends they're all doing completely different things so um, I've had the ability to like to to benefit from from being around lots of different types of people from um, you know, and then having my kind of work life. Um, But yeah, it wasn't normal, but I'm I feel like a lot of a lot of aspects of that were very positive too. like I got to travel and do things and work with great artists and um, you know and and learn by by doing because that's the best way to to learn is you know, by actually doing stuff and messing up and trying again and trying something different and seeing how other people work
0: usually when there's a successful career people are around to encourage you not to mess around with it too much <laughs> but you <laughs> seem to keep doing that which I admire tremendously <laughs>
1: thank you somebody could have said
0: you're doing what you know, what, is this ne- what is this next thing because yeah. you've been in the, the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. and you've done uh, independent movies really small this year alone you had Annihilation as yes. well which, you know, I still worry about going into the shimmer, you know. <laughs> but it's something about the world that we live in, whether you're playing Jackie Kennedy or whether you're right. doing it. There's something about the pressures that are put on people who are somehow targeted or fame makes them a target. Hmm. And, some, and I think of you now, and looking at you, and I'm thinking of V for Vendetta. Yeah. Another movie that deals with those subjects.
1: yeah. It's true. It's true. That does deal
0: with a lot of Are same. you drawn to it because there's something that's in your head about this?
1: Um, you know, it's so funny because I don't necessarily, I'm not really conscious of those links. And then, you know, sometimes people say things like that it's to me. It's me annoying
0: people like me. No, people it's great. People who are critics say, do you know that I, you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's it's interesting because I, I'm sure there, there are patterns of what you're sort of drawn to. And um, I know I'm definitely interested in... Um, performance and, and and the way everyone kind of performs in, in their real life like everyone plays different roles with different people in their lives and have a different way that they want other people to see them than that they are really in their own skin um, and of course that's exacerbated when you're in the limelight And um, and yeah I, I think having like you were saying having Come from a place where violence is, uh, unfortunately, a, a regular part of life. It does interest me, kind of, the effects of violence and and the the, the inspiration behind violence mm-hmm. and um, you know what what. Um, what the genesis of that kind of is. But
0: it wasn't you. You weren't a kid that was beating up on other ones and bullying people terribly mm-hmm. and bringing out your inner Celeste. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure I had unkindnesses as a kid at some point, but <laughs> no. I was not beating anyone up, no. <laughs> no Celeste kind well, of stuff.
0: So what, when, I, I'm interested in this as, you know, we come back to Vox Lux and, and you looking at you. When you watch yourself in this movie, Mm. Is there a scene for you in this, not because I'm saying it's the best scene, yeah. but that it resonates for you in some way that hits you personally inside? Um, and I'm sure there's many themes in the movie, but just for yeah. you, when you is there a moment that you look at yourself in this and say, this this got me?
1: Um, I think that um, the conversation with... Her daughter is um, in the diner. Mm-hmm. is is an, is really kind of a, a, a central scene for me because, you know, I thought Brady was kind of crazy for for he cast the same actress as he you did. know <laughs> yeah. as the younger version of my character Celeste and also as her daughter. Mm-hmm. So she plays two different roles in the movie, and she does it. Re- she's a really phenomenal she's really terrific, actress. Yeah. And then when I watched it, it became so um, meaningful because it had this double layer that it's a mother talking to her daughter, but it's also a woman talking to her younger self. And also how parents sometimes hold that within their dealings with their kids, too, is all the self-love and self-hatred that, mm-hmm. that you feel goes into your, your behavior and language with your your sort of progeny so um, it's uh, it's 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 just a really uh, to me that that scene the writing in that scene is, is just so interesting too of like this this interaction that has like this double layer at all times
0: it's a, well you're a mother now yes so that changes things doesn't it yes, <laughs> oh,
1: yes 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 yeah you you definitely um, definitely brings a different how you prioritize
0: yeah it's <laughs> It's essential. Well, you know, in this show, we end yes. in song. Oh, I thought you would you do something for me this time in Hebrew. You in would Hebrew. give me just a little bit of something because you know that language. You yes. Grew up in it.
1: Yes. What in song you? said? In song,
0: yeah. Well, you did it. You said that the same way with the same shock and surprise. What you say? A Hebrew song. Me on this show? No,
1: no, no, no. Yeah. That's, it sounds fun. <laughs> um, should we do a Hanukkah song because we just finished Hanukkah? Think we Hanukkah. should. Okay. Um Nerli 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 I'll give you that. <laughs> I, I liked it.
0: What did it mean?
1: Um, it's like my candle, my candle, um, and then I'll like light you my candle. <laughs>
0: Well, see, it's joyous and bright. Yes. You know, you may not get too much joyous and bright in Vox Love. No. But you, you get to think about it it's, a good it's, deal.
1: It's very extreme, Vox. It, it really Thank you, Natalie. Thank you.
0: Always great to talk great. to you. Great yeah. talking to you, too.